there's a lot more romanticism saving people in Africa than in Eastern Europe, I think. Because we were never colonized. Yeah, because you're white. You wouldn't look good on Instagram photos. <laughs> yeah, it would, it would look like just like friends. In my, you're a little kid. It's like, <laughs> I just helped Evaldos to develop full English fluency. How great am I? And, and, just stage. A, still and a people just look guy. at you. It's like, just a blonde white guy. What do you want? Yeah, straight it? white guy with a speech impediment. <laughs> just, that's all do you is. have a speech impediment? Well, that's what I call an accent. Oh. <laughs> Mean. Hello, welcome to Comedy with an Accent podcast. I'm your Taiwanese comedian, Kwan Wen. I interview comedians who perform English stand up comedy but who are not native English speakers or they can have a very distinct British regional accent. This podcast is all about comedy, about accent, about languages, and about the comedy technique. So stay tuned if you're interested. Hello, good morning. Welcome back. Sorry, it's a Monday morning and two very hardworking comedians are here recording a podcast, a grooming, depressing London for you. This is comedy with an accent. I don't know why you're bringing the nope, glue. We have know. a very good life. <laughs> if we can show up here on Monday, our life is very good. Alex, I'm going to involve you again. You've heard us talking for about 10 minutes by now. Where does my guest come from today? You're going to have to give me two more minutes to talk because I zone out. <laughs> you zone out. No, no, oh, no, thank no, no. you. Where does he come from? I cannot take an offense. Ooh. This is a tough one. I had Anne Klein from Luxembourg. That was a really, really yeah, mean one. No one would normally be able to guess that. Uh, Central Europe? That's a. I think that's, that's a, a strategic guess. answer from Very you. strategic. You don't actually have a clue. There's no. like 20 countries. Name a country. It is small. Don't give him more clues. He was checking your racial feature yeah, already. Right. <laughs> he couldn't tell well, from your accent. He said, let me luck. look at his face. Is it more Germanic or Slavic? But where do you Too short from? to be Norwegian? Like, what is... <laughs> I'm going to say Estonia. Estonia. Well, that is very close. Lithuania. It's from oh, Lithuania. <laughs> That's very cool. That's very cool. So our guest today is Evadas Karosas from Lithuania. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I wish I was from Estonia. Estonia you, is a cool you place. You couldn't tell from the accent though, can you? It's really difficult. I heard it quite well. You heard it quite well except for one syllable. I was checking all the different clips you have and you, you do this give it thing where Germans and some East Europeans do. You say vegetable instead of vegetable. But maybe <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually been told a few years ago that because in Lithuania, we don't have W's. So we don't... that's what I thought. But I'm just going to say it out there. Your English accent is much, much lighter. My accent is stronger than you. So I'm not being a judgmental position. <laughs> yeah, let I'm me go just... for your syllables. <laughs> I'm just trying <laughs> to look for the chink in your armor. Oops, did you see no, my you're... wink? I'm... I didn't crack. <laughs> I knew was... about it. That was the only bit I noticed. Obviously, you're not a native. No, I do. I can name in a lot of syllables that I get wrong. Like not even syllables. For example, I cannot do do. You see, I... the U is weird to do it's not exactly what is weird it's not exactly as british people or american people say it for it sounds different to i don't do. know how to do yeah you said it right but i don't do it well i, I, don't. I don't get th is good th, th. i don't know how to say but londoners don't do th at all that was in south end last night they don't say brother they say proper so <laughs> absolutely that's a good accent about us uh, your name i noticed you also emphasize your name when you talk to english audience how do you know my real pronunciation because you're saying it correctly say about I was listening to some of the Lithuanian podcasts you were doing oh, wow. with lots of those bros. This is like the Lithuanian version of a hot water Joe green Logan. room. 
<laughs> Can I even say we, this out loud? That's all we have. That's all we have. We only have hot water. Are there any female comedians in Lithuania? Uh, we have a few now. Right. Okay. Thankfully, now. I'm not preaching to say why is this also what? Yeah, I didn't know I'm gonna Lithuania. Take some, <laughs> some slack. I'm not even there. No, definitely, you can't use the London racial mix to judge another country. It's a very white country. It is for very now white until you accept the EU migrants no, quota. Getting, no, we're, we're getting the Erasmuses. We're getting Erasmus. People. Okay, let's do it step by step. I'm gonna mention something. I don't think you really care. But the very first time we met is when we did the competition in Manchester. It should be the frog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It is the finals. Yeah. yeah, we did a new eye competition in one of the best club in Manchester, Northern England. I say that because I have audience, which is not known at all in here. But it is so important in the UK. I think it's culturally significant for the northern, for the northwest circuit. Yeah, exactly. which like to pride itself being one of the best circuit in the entire country. But whatever. Well, every circuit uh, says that about <laughs> themselves. You were the winner of the competition. Yes, and then the pandemic happened, so I couldn't get the fruits of my win. <laughs> exactly, I was the runner-up. But then I didn't do my spot until 2022. <laughs> I haven't done my spot. You haven't. I'm done a winner, spot. and I haven't done my spot. I should probably you. climb the spot. You know, they should really change the name of that competition. I was made up. <laughs> People kept making fun of me in Lithuania when I won that thing. Because when you're from a small country, anything you do outside of that country, and you get any kind of success, people in the country know. You say that on another podcast. You are not happy people have this misperception that Japan has the highest suicide rate in the world because Lithuania is a champion. Is that yeah, right? exactly. And Japan just... <laughs> is like number nine. I can kill myself to prove that I we are... I totally understand it. For small countries like us to get to the front page of Western media, exactly. someone has to die. It's a small... Basically, <laughs> yeah. a natural disaster has to happen. It's a small country syndrome <laughs> is when you want to be mentioned by everybody else. Yeah. And then it's a big country syndrome when you think that no one else has what you have in your own country. You know what's going to make Lithuania to the top, top headline of every country. What do you mean? Getting invaded by Russia. So you yeah. just occupy like one kilometer from Kaliningrad and Russia attacks you and then ooh, you'll be on the news <laughs> I think I think some people in Lithuania would say that our government maybe that's the plan. <laughs> oh, because you had that. So some Russian people have to translate through Lithuania to the, how do you pronounce that English word? The enclave? The enclave? Um, oh, the, the Kaliningrad. An, an, yeah, the enclave. Yeah, yeah probably, yeah. yeah. And then the wait over stations. So, so Lithuania just put all the anti-war, anti-violence pictures and make those Russian and commuters said, see that, you're monsters. And then we also support Taiwan very, you did. very loudly. You so. did. You allow the Taiwanese consulate to be called Taiwanese consulate yeah. rather than Chinese Taipei. You also gave vaccine to Taiwan. Oh, I didn't even know that. The vaccine you guys didn't want it anyway. But yeah, um, I mean, don't take it from us. <laughs> I don't think it's good. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you this standard question for every single one of my guests. Mm -hmm. uh, but does, do you think you have an accent when you speak English? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I do. In what way? Oh, again, I can go through so many ways. Or do people point it out? Like when they point it out, do they tend to compliment or do they still point out the bit you haven't quite achieved? Well, I mean, even when it's a compliment, for me, it's not. I think that worst things you can hear after a gig is if someone's like, your English is very good because you're like, what about my jokes? You know, it means you were listening you're to such mine. a little bitch. Just be happy for once. They compliment no. you on something. No, I will not. I don't like taking it. I, I hate that I have to address my accent. Yes. I wish I didn't 
didn't have to address when I started my set. I wish I could not mention it. But then if I don't, sometimes people ask in the middle of my set, if it's a drunk crowd, they go, where are you from? And I was like, oh, so you were thinking where I'm from instead of listening to my joke. So I do have to always address where I'm from. But you know, that's a given, right? Every single foreign comic has to do that. So I'm just- I hate that. You hate that, but it is how humans, maybe it's a very British thing because social class is very important and they mm -hmm. have so much regional tribalism. I find it a little bit sad that you go to a city and just keep saying their neighboring town is shite and you will always get a laugh. It's such an easy joke, but why does it matter so much? If you try not to say where you're from, do you think they would mistake you as American? No, no. I think they would mistake me as someone who's trying to be American. I get that a bit. Sometimes all British people hate me because they think, is, they go like, why are you going that way with your accent? Why, what's wrong with our way of speaking? I actually had an old guy ask me after a show, why do you speak like an American? Why not? Well, my answer is because I grew up watching American media, but... I guess for them, it's like... You know what can really insult. hurt them? You just name one American show and say it's so much better than and put a British thing. I don't know. American The Cosby are so much better than 40 Tower. And that will <laughs> really hurt them. Oh, there's two things that hurt them is saying that or saying that they're not actually alcoholic. <laughs> there's, if you say to a British person, it's like, you're not really an alcoholic. It's way worse in Eastern Europe. They get offended. Really? Yeah, they want to be alcoholics. That is so sad. Yeah, it is. But I get it now because there's just so much... I don't know. It's part of our identity. No, there's people. not enough sunlight and there's so much train strike here. So people need to channel it's out. It's part them. of our identity. Okay, so you don't think you can get away with a faking American. If there's a chance they might mistake you as American, you don't really need to discuss your accent, right? You can just go, but you do. But how then? How? Because I know other people from Lithuania. I've met them before. They don't talk like you. Mm -hmm. You have an exceptionally good... I'm gonna... Trained. I actually, like, I work on my accent. I think people sometimes ask me, how can you get away from the Lithuanian accent so much? I do exercises while I walk. I know the things I cannot pronounce. So I, when I go, like, on a tube station, I just try and Do you have any vague memory from what age did you start to do that? Now, I was kind of lucky because my parents, they were never really caring about my education that much. They didn't care. They never checked my grades at school. They never asked where I'm going into uni. They just let me do my own thing. But one thing that they did do is send me to private English lessons. So okay. I think that's when it's kind of formed. So you didn't go to like American school. No. But you did have extra support outside the mainstream Lithuanian education system. I did. I, for like a year, every few weeks, I would go to this girl that would teach me English. And then I went on Erasmus uh, to Cyprus. And there used to be a colony. So people there speak really good English. And there was this guy that was my friend. And he kept pointing out the mistakes I kept making like W's and V's. What kind of does that? <laughs> you did that when we just met. No, but we are in a podcast <laughs> context, right? <laughs> about languages. This is a podcast about comedy yeah, and languages. It's a specific. But I do owe him because he was like, oh, you don't say water, you say water. You know, you don't say whiskey, you say whiskey. I didn't realize we don't have W's. Well, if I lived in the US, I would take lessons to learn the American accent. But here, it would feel weird. You don't want to have this pinjin weird, what I call a Naomi Campbell accent. Yeah. You spend so much <laughs> yeah. time in America and, and Harry Styles has this weird accent right Does he? now. Because I've never heard him speak. You know? Well, that's the, I have a Canadian girlfriend, so I copy her a lot. I think living with her helps me to kind of get rid of my accent. I think since I've lived with her, my English got better. Uh, Is that the reason why you did it? <laughs> This and bits. <laughs> There's so many bits coming from the relationship. She hates it. I say that all the time. I'm like, you're here for the bits. Okay. <laughs> Does she have the Canadian accent as in rather than saying talk about, she was a talk about. Not a lot of Canadians talk like that though, but some. I did uh, know. She, I think she has a quite a heavy one. Yeah, she has a quite a thick uh, Canadian. Okay. Let's, let's keep her out of it just in case. A little 
little bit more sensitive question though. Mm -hmm. Are you half Russian? My mom's Russian. Because you so. mentioned that in one comedy set. So the identity issue, does that make it a little bit more awkward or complicated for you? I really never identified in my Russian side at all. I've spoke Russian until I was four. And then I just went to a Lithuanian school and I forgot Russian. I don't know how to speak Russian But now. your mom doesn't speak Russian with you? My mom doesn't, but my mom speaks Russian with my grandmother. So do you talk to your maternal grandma? How do you talk we to spoke, her? We speak in Lithuanian, but like she kind of has an accent. Oh, so she speaks Lithuanian. Yeah, she does speak Lithuanian. She do kind of has an Talk to your maternal grandma about the war. Oh, they are very much in favor of Lithuania. Okay, great, because that was just what I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean, right? Oh, oh that's yeah. where you were going with all these little questions. Let <laughs> yeah, so me put you in a rabbit hole. When the war started, when the Ukraine was invaded, my mom and my grandma were speaking in Russian in a little grocery store, and they were attacked by people. It's like, stop speaking Russian. I think it's better now. Where were they? Were they in Ukraine? No, in Lithuania. Lithuania. Yeah, but I mean, it makes sense. I think it was not smarter than them. I to think we need to give some people language. a little bit of backdrop. Do I even need to explain Lithuania as one of the Baltic countries. You think not, but there are some people where, where I are think they? people just don't know what it is at all. I don't think people are like, oh, this is part of Russia. I think people just don't care. It's okay. a very small country. The backdrop is during the Russian or Soviet occupation, there were a lot of migration of people. Well, a lot of old people still think in Lithuania that it was better under the Russian. Even like old Lithuanians think that Russia was great when it was there. But I think it's because of this thing called choice paralysis, because in Soviet Russia, you had no choice. Your life was just chosen for you. If you are studying to be a teacher, they will send you to a small town that lacks teachers and that's where your life's going to be. Hmm. You don't really make choices. And sometimes to not make choices is, you know, it's that's how you stay happy sometimes. But now when everything opened, which is much better in my opinion, you have so much more choice. You can go abroad, you can buy jeans because there used but to be no jeans. But it could be that your family is not the loser in the social economic sense after Lithuania opens up, right? Some people can have completely different experience and prefer communism over capitalism. So yeah, we don't know about that. Yeah, well, I mean, I obviously am very much against the whole Soviet regime and like the communism and stuff. But I can see the point of old people because it was just so simple for them. You got a job, you get a child, and then you live your life. Everything is just in front of you and you don't have to think. But now with the West taking over, you have all this choice. You have individuality. You can wear whatever you want. You can be left-handed because you couldn't be left-handed. If you were left-handed, it would tie your hand behind your back. You couldn't wear earrings or anything. But now you have all this individuality coming in. That's why I like to see even though I would consider my political attitude to be center-left, but when I see some very left-wing and preachy kind of comedian goes to the eastern half of the continent and doing their preachy liberal comedy oh, yeah. and die on their oh, it's just yeah, hilarious. It's just... You cannot offend an Eastern <laughs> European crowd. This has actually, I was speaking with Rob Moriarty, he's a comic here. He was opening for Victor a few days ago in Manchester. I think Victor is an Eastern European comic. And then Rob, who was opening for him, said that like the Eastern European crowd, it's just they just don't offend. Like, you can discuss them with, like, dirty stuff. I think they discussed easier than, in my opinion, they discussed easier than Western crowds. What do you mean discuss easier? Like, you can, if you start doing cum jokes, they will go, ooh, cum jokes. I think they don't like dirty stuff as much. Oh, uh, okay. But, like, when it comes to offensive stuff, they will not be offended at all. You can say any. No, they would not be offended selectively. Well, probably if you went after, like, communism No, if stuff. you went after, when you punch down, they are absolutely fine with it. But if you 
you take on their national pride, they have a problem with it. I think this is selective. Yeah, there is, but I think that kind of applies to most of the countries. So, for example, are... I don't think Serbian will have the same level of self-deprecation as British people do. If you talk to a Serbian crowd and you can joke about, I don't know, the Roma, I mean, the Gypsy, I mean, about gay, about women, they'll be laughing their ass off. But you joke about how small Serbia is as opposed to the old Yugoslavian time. I don't think they'll mm. let you have it. So you think it's, again, kind of like a small country syndrome. You feel very defensive. It's not just small country. Everything. It's just like 20 years behind. I mean, UK was exactly the same thing. We don't get to where we are today mm -hmm. because of, I don't know, because of luck. It just, you need time to push those agendas. Forward. I mean, it's easy to be self-deprecating when you've been the owner of the world. What year did Russian become mandatory at school as a first foreign language for Lithuanians? Like so, a second language? Yeah, so old people, they had to study Russian first, right? Oh, when I was born, it was already just after Soviet Russia collapsed, and then it was Lithuania. So we had the Russian language as like a second language, which was weird because we would have a history lesson. And the history lesson would be like, Russians are occupiers. They destroyed our culture in a way. They banned the books. They burned the books. And then the next lesson is Russian. <laughs> and it's like, I don't want to learn this. And then all the Russian teachers were hating how hard it was to get through to people. Those Russian teachers, are they Russian? Are they? they yeah. The, wow. wow. Yeah. Okay. So there's this weird dynamic. So when you went to school, Russian is still the first foreign language choice? No, the English was still a foreign language. But for those who want to learn Russian, there's the opportunity to... Yeah, do. it was the second, because we have to choose. It's either English And your or English German. tutor, though, was he or she British or American? No, what's my question? The, the, per the personal one, the tutor. Yeah. No, not the personal one, the one at school. Oh, no, no, they were all Lithuanian. Lithuanians. They were all Lithuanian. You don't, I don't even you don't, you don't have British, like, white savior who want to save people from, I don't know, like... I come from a small, very small town in Lithuania. You would have to be kind of insane to be British and want to move there. You really would have to go and do it for just, like, the sake of charity. Wow, okay. So you before they save Africa and some kids in India, they actually go to Lithuania. Yeah, I think a lot, there's, there's a lot more romanticism saving people in Africa than in Eastern Europe. I think because we were never colonized. Yeah, because you're white, you wouldn't look good on Instagram photo. <laughs> yeah, it would, it would look like just like friends. Remember, you're a little kid. It's like, <laughs> I just helped Evaldos to develop full English fluency. How great am I? And I was just a, still and a people just look guy. at you. It's like just a blonde white guy. What do you want? Yeah, straight white guy with a speech impediment. Just that's all. Do you is. have a speech impediment? Well, that's what I call an accent. Oh, <laughs> mean. How did you end up in starting out in Manchester? And then because uh -huh. of lockdown, you moved back to Lithuania. And because the scene is so new, you became quite big very quickly. Relatively for like the stand-up comedies. And you moved back to the UK, but this time you chose to move back to London. Well, I moved to Manchester for a few months to kind of get my foot back in the English game. So and that's then... break it down step by step. So when and why did you move to Manchester? So I started comedy in Lithuania. I did like six gigs in like a year because you could do one gig every two months. That's the scene at that point. Now it's five gigs a week, which is great. Wow. Basically what happened is Alfie Brown came around and did a set on Lithuania. And I saw Alfie Brown and I was like, oh, this is how it's like. <laughs> I will never be as good as this if I stay here. And then I just moved immediately. I moved to wow. Manchester. Wow. Alfie Brown was... But the... Alfie Brown wasn't based in Manchester. So why did you choose Manchester? Because I had a friend. Uh... And then I knew it's cheaper. So for those immigrants haters, this is the pattern. They find their friends. So if you want to break them down, just break the local link. Anyway, that's, that's a, a wrong, that's a, that's that's a a wrong take from the whole story. Get my friend out of this country and then okay did you think was the time you spent in manchester helpful or you wish you would have started directly it's a great London? place to start it's because it's it's a small scene and small scenes are friendly 
we're not as competitive to each other. In here, like I am still amazed by how competitive London is. And I get reminded of that every day. That's why people you meet here are so jaded. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes, everyone's broken. Everyone's broken. It's because we're not fighting for like in Manchester, another one's success doesn't mean you're a failure. Mm. I think there's enough spots for people. I don't think that applies to London. I think that there's one spot that's Saturday at Vauxhall for a straight white guy, and I'm gonna fight the other straight white guy for that spot. And we're gonna hate each other. I think I am more at fight with straight white guys than with anyone else. And you moved back to Lithuania because of lockdown. And there's something really funny. You say that comedy is such a new and trendy thing. Everywhere you go, easily 100, 200 people in a crowd. Yeah, open mics are 150 people. It's an interesting thing because it really forces you to be a better comedian fast. But I think what it also... Uh... I would say there's a bottleneck. You get to that level and you can't go up because you can't learn from other comics who are professional. Yeah, exactly. And there's another thing is that you have to have new material every two weeks because it's just the same people coming. <laughs> it's just the same people. We don't have that many people. So you never, like I forgot how to edit jokes. I come here and I have this mentality of new jokes, new jokes. I need new jokes. Because in Lithuania, that's what you need. You need new jokes all the time. They want new jokes, but if your joke is not packed with gags, they are fine with it. I think also Lithuanian language doesn't lend well to comedy because of how many syllables the words have. It takes so long to get to the punchline compared to English. Like in English, a bus is bus. In Lithuania, it's autobuses. So you have four syllables instead of one. And every word is like that. So you just take so long to get to that punchline. You were saying on that podcast, there were only about 20 of you guys. Yeah, there's a bit more now. guys in the literal sense, like just guys at that there's, time? There's, there's more women now. There's like four actually. So how many are you guys right now, the Lithuanians? In the comedy scene? Yeah. I think maybe now it's like 25. Oh my maybe God. Maybe 25. When any, I, when any, I started with Any like of five. you over 30 years old? Some, but not a lot. You know you guys are the lucky one, right? Because you're the early pioneers, which means that some mediocre ones can survive, but not in 10, 20 years time. Yeah. I'm going to show you one review on one of the Lithuanian podcasts you did, and I Google translated. It states <laughs> that Evodas doesn't have the provincialism of other Lithuanian comics have. What does that mean? mean. How would that be in Lithuanian? Can I see original? No, this is a picture. <laughs> the provincialism. I think it means that... Are you more international or more metropolitan or modern? I think what he means is I wouldn't do well in small towns in Lithuania. I oh. think that's what it means. Oh, you don't think it was meant as a compliment? No, no, I think it, it is a compliment. But I think... I think that is a compliment to me, is saying that I wouldn't... When I was in Lithuania, if you decide you're a comedian, you immediately become a pro. But as soon as... Yeah, anyone can be a pro. You could probably sell out. Kind of not anymore, but But is still. it easier for you to achieve that conclusion, you need to come back to the UK to get better, because you only have 2.8 million in Lithuania. <laughs> it's always an option at the back of my mind. You know like... why I asked you that question? Because in one of the podcast synopsis, I also Google Translate this one. Mm -hmm. Eva Raskaros is a stand-up comedian. Why does Evelas want to return to England to train instead of staying in his homeland where the result will come much faster? Good listening. Thanks to everyone who supports and subscribes. So they felt they were losing you. And some of them didn't understand your rationale. I mean... Uh... They wouldn't, because yeah. if they said I understand, they would have to go with me. This is the thing. If I didn't leave Lithuania, I would never know how good I can become. But do you want, for example, to be able to be a household name in America? Do you want to be internationally non-comedian? Or are you just quite pure? I just want to be good. Well, obviously, it would be cool of me to say that I just want to be good. But you still succumb to wanting fame. Yeah, right. Because if you say you just want to be good, I think what a 
you know? like, exactly. Just be honest, exactly. Right? Just be exactly. Honest. Of course, you want fame and stuff, but me choosing to leave Lithuania was me choosing to become good instead of chasing fame only. So I did make that choice, and I do miss. I wasn't that like super famous, but like I was already. I miss having money because I still see how my friends are living, and they are living well. Like they're going on an all-inclusive Turkey holiday right now, and I'm like, I can barely afford the tube, you know. And I know if I stay there, I would have the same life. Uh, so there is. I'm. But I you will be able to tour in other European countries, at least in Europe. So that is a long game. It is a long game, but it's also. I, I don't even know if I want a tour in Europe. Right. The goal would always be to go to the US, but it's just so hard to get a visa. brief discussion you don't typically have to or don't want to or don't need to do east european stuff mm-hmm. one of the question is thurania is quite a small country and to a lot of people they probably don't even know where it is or whether it exists mm-hmm. so you kind of have to rebrand yourself as east european the thing is and we were just talking about this the 2010 eurovision entry from the thurania male acapella group they call the song east european funk so this regional identity because your individual identity is not clear enough to see mm-hmm. you have to call yourself east european mm-hmm. and you must have done some east european joke at the start well i still do some east european jokes yeah. i think i have to address my accent but at the same time there's so many east european comics who do it well they do the eastern european stuff you know there's a lot of them and they all do it well and it's like well that is taken now like i don't want to compete for a spot that's done well where all- do you want to compete so basically when i just started out i did a competition and i had to follow an eastern european guy and i think it was victor i don't remember who and i remember he did the jokes that i was doing but better and i promised myself never again was it when i was in romania i was just a guy when i came to the uk i'm suddenly romanian is that the joke I, that was the joke yes yes was, it's been quoted by five guests so far <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it's a good joke so that's one reason is i don't want to compete it's just business i don't want to enter a market that's been filled already number two reason is i think by putting myself and competing myself with other just british straight white guys by doing the same topics i'm forcing my myself to dig deeper. I'm forcing myself to look for more unique premises. The competition is bigger. For me to stand out, I have to really find something unique and funny because I'm competing with so many of them. Well, if I did Eastern European stuff, I would be competing with five other people. So I think it would make me stand out easier so I wouldn't have to work as hard. I think that's But do one. you not find it a bit sad that sometimes when you go to certain gig, you have to do those stuff just to get through? Maybe you don't have to, but to see those stuff done by other people and it works it really bugs me mm-hmm. so in my case i would be the one that say that i'm not a spy or i made your toys <laughs> for you you'll be that oh i'm not the cleaner today yeah. i'm not your delivery driver don't yeah. ask me for your food brexit didn't work i do think it was a wise choice because to do the east european brand your accent is not strong enough so you either have to exaggerate an accent you don't actually have yeah that would be insane that would be even more i don't know insincere I would yeah guess. yeah and also like I don't shy from Eastern European stuff as long as I think that what I'm saying right now is what I, I want to say. It's part of my identity. I don't want to escape it. Like I'm not pushing it down. If I come up with an interesting premise that is related to Eastern Europe, I'm not going to not say just because I want to shy 
away from it. But it's just that I don't think about it that much. If a stereotype is partially true, I'm fine with it. But if it's something completely wrong, I don't want to do it. I don't want to enforce the stereotype on people listening to my jokes. But it is true. Like I do a joke now about how I, because I moved here actually years ago for like just the summer to work. I worked in factories, like meat factory, vegetable farm, whatever. And I'm doing that, a joke about this. And it's very Eastern European. But I think it's also, well, I did that. You know, I was living the stereotype. Rather than the middle class East European boy who probably had daddy and mommy support, but then joke about his countryman's experience when he never had it in the yeah. first place. Yeah, I grew up really poor and really Eastern European. So I do kind of have that going because my friends are saying like, like I tell them stories mm. from Eastern Europe, like how I grew up. And they were like, you need to do that on stage. I, I just don't find it interesting. I would probably tell the stories in the podcast because like I try doing it on stage and it gets people sad. Mm. For me, it's funny. I did. I think you can do that if you are doing the festival in a longer form and you reassure people that I'm fine now, so relax and hear my story and you put jokes in it, you'll be able to do it. In yeah. a club stand, it's probably too difficult. Your inclination to learn English in an American way, does it have to do with, I think you prefer American style comedy. Yes, yes, to British I definitely style comedy. do that now. And I say that because there was one, either your pocket something, you then say that, oh, sorry, I just did a pun, but promise it would be a last one. Mm. I smell your disdain for puns. So I take that as you don't agree with how some comedies are done here. That's my personal assumption. Yeah, my friends call me the comedy snob. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I definitely, I've talked a lot about this with a lot of people. For me, American comic is more up my sleeve because it's not as personal as, as British comic. American comedy is more about taking a thing and talking about that thing. For me, British comedy is more about yourself. And I think that British people see American comedy as kind of egocentric. It's like, who are you to talk about a thing? Bravado. What do I care about your opinion? Exactly. And I think I see British comedy as more egocentric. Why should I even care about your about your About your so I think for me the best being in Britain and liking American comedy is beneficial to me because I have to find a way to talk about myself but I also want to talk about the thing so you kind of connect that that's good I think to kind of start talking about yourself but then slowly venture and talk about a thing for me that's good comedy there's specific things that I kind of don't like in comedy if it's done well I like everything but I just don't like something that I've heard before many many times this is a British thing is when there's a story and that story story doesn't have a great ending but it has like little jokes until the end and then at the end just to finish off the story they come up with a very obvious lie and then I stole her money it is a very British thing is to finish a story with an obvious lie because you couldn't come up with anything else so there's stuff like this and and punts there's some puns that I like, but there's just, you know, I come from Manchester scene. The Manchester scene is one-liners, puns. It <laughs> you just... did know that the statement you just made could put you into a lot of trouble. Like the Manchester just full of Oh, I don't care. <laughs> Ban me from Manchester. Ban me from all those gigs. <laughs> I don't care. How could you? They were the one that crowned you. Instead of me. <laughs> no, okay, Manchester is good. Manchester itself Where's is the good. Just give me the butt, butt. It's all the Boltons and all the Stocktons and all the Prestons I have. There. Like, I used to go there. I'm like, I don't want to make these people laugh. Oh, because they have too much thirst for the specific kind of comedy that is not your personal favorite. It's that, and then it's also just like, they laugh so at the wrong thing. Mm. These are the crowds that would laugh, as you said, like Anthony Jeselnik, right? He would always say that when he's making all these pedophile jokes and stuff, he would sometimes get these people who go up to him and go like, man, 
I agree. And then he goes, no, 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 no. You shouldn't agree. This is a character. <laughs> so I feel like in these little They towns... see Anthony Jesney as entertained, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah, exactly. what happened to the pub landlord, Al Murray. I don't know him. So he plays this character that is super racist, doesn't like minorities or women. It was supposed to be ironic. So mm-hmm. he even tried to run as a candidate for like in an election as a politician. But people do support him because they didn't get the irony. They just said, oh, whatever he said is true from his heart. He didn't even realize he's a character. I do want to compliment specific on one thing. Um, I don't shower at my guest to compliment. You're a good looking lad. I'm just going to put it oh, out there, you. okay? But I really admire you for not being afraid to go silly. And you're very committed when you make a comedy sketch. Mm, you, you, I you, think you You don't fear to. risking your hurting yourself. You really go all in. This madness. That's why I say I think you're such a comedy fan. When you're making the sketch, you're burning. You are like a moth flying into fire. If you like what that's I mean. a really good compliment. Because I do feel like when I do And there's sketches. a certain dark side to you. But you're not trying to hide it. You're trying to harness it. You're I think embracing it comes from my poor Eastern European background. Yeah, but you see, I don't know that. So I can observe you have some wacky energy to you and you're trying to channel it into different silly sketch into completely surprising take. I had no idea that comes from your background. That's the thing you will be able to address and it will be fascinating to see. I wish I could channel that more and I think that my face is very, it's a lie. <laughs> I look well fed. You are actually <laughs> twisted inside. Yeah, I think a little bit, a little bit a damaged. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Is there I, a reason why you put more videos on TikTok than Instagram? TikTok for me is a place where I can just throw shit away and then just see if it clicks. I've been bombing hard on TikTok and I just delete. I've been bombing hard. People are like, oh, why don't you do stuff on TikTok and Instagram? I'm like, I'm doing stuff. I'm bombing. (laughs) So are you throwing stuff on TikTok more sort of in an indiscriminate way? And then you treat Instagram as your show reel? Exactly. I know if it did well on TikTok, I'm going to put it on Instagram because I don't give a shit about TikTok. Because TikTok is like, for sure. Um, Can I ask you though, have you started TikTok because of humiliation you had at the Edinburgh Fringe last year? You're like, I'm not going to just do all the flyer shit getting no people in. And you know what? it feels i'm not a big fan of doing sketches and tiktoks and it's because i do spend a lot of time writing comedy and every time i'm thinking of tiktoks i'm like i should be thinking of bits but then at the same time in this current climate and comedy you have to have social media presence yeah so i have this internal fight of you know when you don't want to do something and then you force yourself to do it and that's why i'm bombing on tiktok it's because that is not sincere like my content on tiktok is not sincere you can see that it's been forced out of myself because i know that i have to do this i need to find a way to make social to sincere social media content. I don't know though I'm a more old-fashioned guy and I can see some very popular videos on uh, social media it's just something that's really relatable but there isn't a joke in it there, there yeah. isn't a writing in it but yeah. yours are not yours are really thought after even though it's shot with your own gadget in a more amateurish background setting but the script isn't some people just say one thing to oh we cannot relate to that but there's no setup there's punchline, no, no structure for a joke yours has joke yours has a character you have this role all panned out so there's a difference in that but it's hard to come up with that it takes time and then all that time I could have spent thinking of comedy yeah but some jokes work better in a sketch yeah. and that's why you're not really wasting your time rather you're training your creativity in a way you otherwise couldn't I should start looking at it this way but I am working like I just want to have like good 45 minutes set and obviously that's a very long term goal I just love writing comedy every day I look forward it's like oh this is the time I write but with sketch 
it's not like that. Mm. I do have to force myself. That's why now my social media content is suffering because I always choose writing bits instead of writing scripts. Have you found it started because you got five digits level of followers? Has it proven to be useful for you to sell tickets? Oh yeah, like I did the work in progress at Top Secret, and I thought it's gonna be just most Lithuanians, but it was 10, 15 percent all Lithuanians, and then other people just came from two sketches. But the thing with sketches is that, and I've heard this from people who make sketches, you sell out the first few shows for your stand-up because people want to see it. And then they go and see you. It's more of a fan meet and then they don't really come back. It's a meet and greet. Mm -hmm. It's a meet and greet. But you can convert them if you prove to them how good you are on stage. Yeah, that's true. But if your social media content is stand-up, like crowd work, you don't have to convert them. They're for you. So if you have less followers but your social media content is stand-up, it's easier to sell out stand-up shows than if you had lots of followers but it's sketches. Can you tell me whether my concern is wrong? So I don't do sketches on social media because I cannot really erase my accent and because how I look when they want to see me in a sketch they will always typecast me in certain Asian roles so I couldn't Mm -hmm. freely just be anyone because of how I look and my accent like I could put on a wig but I would still be an Asian woman Mm -hmm. so that's why I thought I don't have so much liberty when it comes to sketches do you think my reservation is right? Uh, I think that about myself comedy is about relating so I think that if I sometimes had an idea and I give that idea to a British person and they did that same sketch I think they would get more that's what I think as well like I'm not neutral enough to just do a plain observation I am a Londoner for more than 10 years I can do an observation of London but I believe some of them would be like but who are you to just say yeah Yeah. I wish I could say that you're wrong but I feel the same way it's all right I'm actually grateful that you validated my point yeah because I feel the same way but less Okay, I think our recording time is up. I have to thank you, but I'm also a little bit worried because this is such a wanky episode. <laughs> Why did you bring out the comedy nerd in me? I blame you. <laughs> so to punish you, I'm going to finish this episode with a really weird European entry from Lithuania back in 2000. Oh, I thought that you were going to play my set or something. <laughs> I thought you were going to say weird, shiny, no. your set from so the past. So I'm going to end this podcast with this male acapella group from Lithuania back in 2010. <laughs> Okay, but imagine imagine this band maybe follows me and they're going to be listening to the podcast. This is great. And then this comes around. So no, that's why I had to do it. <laughs> this is a very long intro. Come on, get to the point. I mean, it's not bad. So this song... <laughs> It's not that bad. You're it's the not bad. So in the lyrics of Eastern European funk, I want to say thank you to my guest today. Thank you for Eva having Carlos. me. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you for having me. I feel like I should have looked into the camera more.